political news this week has been a little bit crazy. Former President Donald Trump was arraigned last week, so when can we expect the trial to officially begin? There's also been a lot of news circulating around the courts and across the country, so do any of these rulings affect you? Lastly, the Tennessee House GOP pulled an unprecedented stunt last week that many feel damaged the democracy of the country. You're listening to The Rundown Podcast, and let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Rundown. And if you're new here, welcome. My name is Hannah, and today we have a lot to discuss. There's been so much going on in the realm of politics this week, it is kind of insane. And because there is no way that I'm going to be able to get through all of these topics in depth like I usually do, today's episode is going to be a bit more of a speed round. But don't worry, you will still get the information you need to start your week right. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Starting off with probably the biggest headline of this week, former President Donald Trump flew into New York this week for his arraignment on Tuesday. Trump on Tuesday pled not guilty to 34 counts of falsification of business records in the first degree. Upon entering the courthouse, Trump was not handcuffed, and despite much anticipation, he did not have his mug shot taken. He was, however, fingerprinted. The charges were also made public last week and are related to hush money payments made to adult film actress Stormy Daniels before the 2016 presidential election. The felony case is tied to the idea that Trump made these falsifications with the intent to conceal another crime, which is why this is such a big deal. There is likely not much else we will know about this case for quite a while, though. The Justice Juan Merchan has not yet set a date for the official trial in People of New York versus Donald J. Trump case, but many are predicting that this case won't take place until early 2024, which, as many of you already know, would be around the same time as the Republican presidential primaries in which Trump is hoping to become the nominee. There are also many other cases that are forming against the former president, with the Fulton County, Georgia case involving interfering with the 2020 election in Georgia being one of the most likely cases to confront the former president next. But for now, we will just have to wait and see how this case turns out. In world news this week, Finland has finally been able to join NATO, the nuclear alliance shared between many countries across the world, including the United States. This is huge news, as for the past 75 years or so, Finland has been a militarily neutral nation. However, joining NATO has just strengthened the resistance against Vladimir Putin and the Russian war in Ukraine. But there are some downsides to this alliance. Finland shares a rather long border with Russia, which some might think to be good, but could actually increase the chances that we end up in a nuclear conflict with Russia. Despite this, many are still seeing this as a win, as Finland has one of the strongest arsenals in Eastern Europe, and has been a strong ally to Ukraine since the war began. In Wisconsin, Democrats are celebrating a landslide victory for liberal Janet Protasiewicz in the state Supreme Court race that would determine which party had the majority in the court. 
The judge beat out conservative opponent Dan Kelly, who was a former justice on that same state Supreme Court. Justice Protasiewicz beat Kelly by over 10 points, clearly defeating her opponent in what has become the most expensive state Supreme Court race in history, with the race causing well over $30 million. So, why was this race so important? With a win by liberal Janet Protasiewicz, the Wisconsin Supreme Court will now have a 4-3 liberal majority, which is the first time in 15 years that liberals have had this kind of control here. This is important for Democrats because of the cases that will be coming up on the court's docket, with the most notable ones being cases involving the right to have an abortion and Wisconsin's Republican John legislative maps to give Republicans the upper hand in elections in the state. I think that this race is really interesting because of how partisan it is. I mean, in some states, it's actually normal for judges to run with a party affiliation, but here in Wisconsin, judges run unaffiliated with a party. Yet, both of the candidates in this race had extremely strong party associations, and the idea of changing the court from red to blue was a really strong concept throughout the race. I guess what I'm trying to say here is that I find it interesting how our judicial system is supposed to be nonpartisan and unaffected by politics, yet with this race, it so clearly was. But this also begs the question if it is even possible to take politics out of something as politically fueled as the courts, especially state Supreme Courts and the U.S. Supreme Court. Obviously, that answer is up for you to decide, but with the rising public opinions about the politicization of the U.S. Supreme Court, I thought it would also be relevant to bring that up here. Either way, congratulations to Judge Protasiewicz. Speaking of the courts, we absolutely have to talk about the controversy surrounding Republican Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas last week. Clarence Thomas is the senior most justice on the Supreme Court and has been known for his extremely conservative political views. Thomas has been alleged to take lavish gifts, many of which include millions of dollars of expensive trips, from strong Republican donors. Sounds a little fishy, right? These allegations go back a few decades, with Thomas never actually disclosing them. This comes amidst the controversy involving him and his wife, Jenny Thomas, and their actions after Trump's loss in the 2020 presidential election, which you may remember from last year. This controversy has led many Democrats calling for an investigation into these lavish gifts from Republican donors, as this could indicate possible bribery of a Supreme Court justice, which would be extremely serious. Access to abortion pills nationwide could be in trouble, regardless of whether you live in a blue state or not. A U.S. District Court judge located in Texas last week ruled that Mifepristone, a common abortion drug here in the U.S., was improperly approved by the FDA over 20 years ago. This ruling is set to halt the distribution of the abortion medication not just in this district, but across the nation, likely starting here in a few days. In an attempt to stop this, 18 states and District of Columbia filed a lawsuit against the decision in a district court in Washington state, where the judge there ruled that it would be unlawful for the FDA to change the status quo of these other states by pulling the drug from the market. 
This ruling could mean that this abortion medication could stay on the market in these 18 states, but would still be illegal in others. others. However, abortion is already illegal in many of these states, so it wouldn't make much of a difference there. The important thing to note here is that this case in this district court in Texas wasn't really about stopping the distribution of mifepristone in these southern red states that make up this district. It was about stopping it across the country and reaching into other states to stop abortions, even though it is legal in many states across the country. This is scary to a lot of pro-choice Americans, because even living in a blue state that has laws to protect a woman's rights to an abortion could be impeded if the medications used in abortions are continually being challenged by these conservative-leaning district courts. This whole thing is still unfolding, but we will, it will definitely be something to keep an eye on here in the coming weeks. And the last story for today. Last week, the Tennessee House GOP attempted to oust three of its Democratic members after these members led gun control demonstrations on the House floor the week prior. This came just after the Nashville school shooting, which I'm sure you've heard about. Republican lawmakers apparently viewed this type of demonstration as radical and moved to oust these three Democratic members from their ranks. Ultimately, only two of the three members were eventually ousted, but many are calling this move extremely detrimental to democracy. Vice President Kamala Harris made a trip down to Tennessee following this stunt and spoke on the event, voicing that this is not how democracy works. These members were voted in by their constituents, and by simply promoting what their constituents wanted, they were kicked out. It is also important to note that the two members who were ousted were men of color, while the Democrat who remained was a white woman. It really makes you wonder how this could even be possible in today's world. Obviously, not everyone is going to agree on issues, and I know gun control is controversial, but kicking people out who don't agree with you is the very opposite of democracy and what America was built on. It's just crazy to think that we, we would even be in this position. Anyways, that's all I have for you guys today, and I hope you have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Rundown. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please consider rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a ton. If you would like to learn more about this week's topics, feel free to check out the sources linked in the description. I'm your host, Hannah Rue, and I will see you all next week.